0: Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Good
1: evening, Life Church. You may be seated. We believe that Scripture is inspired by God and that reading it is a powerful part of our Christian walk. However, People in ancient cultures, unfortunately, were often illiterate and they relied on oral communication. And so with these illiterate audiences in mind, many parts of scripture were actually written with the original intent of being listened to. And so tonight, we are also going to to try to experience scripture through this medium. And over the course of this service, we're going to trace some outlines of a few stories through the Old Testament into the New Testament. And we're gonna be trying to kind of discover the work of the Holy Spirit, and what it's supposed to be doing in our lives as Christians. Now, for the sake of tonight's purposes, large portions of the full original stories will be skipped or abbreviated, although care has been taken to avoid twisting scripture by reading it too far out of its original context. All passages read tonight will also be from the New Living Translation of Scripture, and the entire segment tonight will take approximately 45 minutes, so prepare your minds to receive a decent chunk of scripture. Every 12 to 15 minutes, we're gonna take a short break to meditate and allow our minds to reflect and rest on what we've just heard. So don't try to focus on memorizing everything you hear. Just focus on trying to understand the simple meaning of the text as it comes to you. So now, lastly, as we trace the Holy Spirit through the Bible, it may help to ask yourself a few questions as we go. Ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit doing? Where is the Holy Spirit located? Who is allowed to interact with the Holy Spirit? Who, what, and where? And with that, let's begin.
2: Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind. And that is what happened. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, so God created human beings in in his own image. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. So the creation of heavens and earth and everything in it was completed and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation
3: from psalms 104 O oh lord how manifold are your works in wisdom you have made them all the earth is full of your creatures these all look to you for food in due season when you give it to them they gather it up when you open your hand they are filled with good things when you hide your face they are dismayed when you take away their breath they return to their dust When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Then the people began to multiply on the
0: earth, and daughters were born to them. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth, it broke his heart. God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence.
1: Scripture then begins to explain how God responded to evil by limiting his spirit's life-giving influence on man, and this resulted in a decreased lifespan and even the destruction of evildoers in a massive flood. However, Even though evil has started to corrupt the world that the Spirit gave life to, God begins a new era, endeavoring to draw humanity back to himself and restore creation. He starts by saving a man named Noah, and later uses another righteous man named Abraham to start the nation of Israel. God then rescues Israel from Egyptian enslavement using a man named Moses. So let's turn now to the book of Exodus to see why God chose to do all of this.
2: After the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called him and said, give these instructions to Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. And you will be
0: my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the people and told them all the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord told Moses, Go down and
2: prepare the people for my arrival. Be sure they are ready on the third day, for then the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all
0: the people watch. On the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke bellowed into the sky, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. I am the Lord your God who rescued
2: you from Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any God but me. You must not make for yourself any idol of any kind. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, The Lord your God am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affliction for other gods. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord. Honor your father and mother. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the billowing smoke, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. You show for yourself that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of
0: silver or gold to rival me. Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice We will do everything the Lord has commanded.
2: Then the Lord said to Moses, The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. When the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, written by the finger of God.
1: As we just heard, God established a covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai and gave them an official written list of laws to follow so they can be in right relationship with him. Now, humanity as a whole is still lost and corrupt and prefers to worship itself or other gods instead of turning to the Lord to be healed. But the nation of Israel has a privilege and an opportunity here. Their relationship with God can be so distinct that it itself can be a light to the rest of the world their example will help draw the rest of humanity back to the Lord, and that life-giving relationship between God and all of his creation will eventually be restored. All Israel has to do is resist becoming corrupted themselves, and continue to honor the covenant they made with the Lord. And good news, great news, Israel has a written version of God's law, so they know exactly how to do this. Surely having this special opportunity and access to God's law is all that it takes for Israel to seek him and live righteously, right? Right?
3: From Psalm 53. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God, but no, all have turned away. All have become become corrupt. No one does good, not a single
2: one. Then the Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. The people have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are our gods, O Israel, who brought us out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these
0: people are. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. When he came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain.
1: As we just heard, God longs to restore the world and his relationship with humanity, even going so far as to create a covenant between him and us. However, it is we who willingly break the covenant and sever our relationship with the life-giving spirit further. We do this. Clearly, simply having access to God's law and knowing that it exists doesn't change the corruption and evil within the human heart. So what should the response to this situation even be? How on earth will God purge the world from evil without having to destroy us in the process? And what does all this have to do with his spirit? Let's consider this for a few moments as we take a few minute break.
2: Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel two stones like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there, and he called out his own name. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love To a thousand generations, I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse
0: the guilty. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped, and he said, O Lord, if I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our sins. Claim us as your own special possessions. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant
2: with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that you have never have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation and all the people around you will see the awesome power of the Lord.
1: Course of the story, the scriptures go on to explain that although God was willing to renew the covenant that Israel broke, His Holy Spirit dwelling in the midst of people who were not yet holy wasn't going to work without a few parameters being established. First, sacrifices would need to be made to serve as an atoning barrier between God's holiness and their sin. Second, although God's presence would be with them, It would need to reside in a very exclusive lodging, a tent that they called the tabernacle, and be kept separate from most people.
0: Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, the ark, the mercy seat, and the altar. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord, all the materials needed for the tabernacle. Then the cloud of the Lord covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled it. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey, following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day, and at night fire glowed inside the cloud so all of Israel could see it. This continued during all of their journeys.
2: From the book of Numbers, then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put that spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it alone. So Moses gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again.
0: Two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the spirit rested upon them as well. So they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all.
1: Israel would continue to sin, unfortunately fall away from the Lord, even forgetting his law completely at some points. And eventually, Israel would be conquered and return to having other nations rule over them. However, this foreshadowing of the future work of the Spirit continued over the next several hundred years of their history. God began to send Israel prophets who spoke of a future Messiah in a time when a new covenant would be established. And in this new covenant, the life-giving Spirit of God would do much much more than simply lead his people from a distance. The law would also no longer be just an external list of rules and stone tablets that were impossible for corrupted human hearts to follow. Rather, the spirit would carve God's law into the stone-like hearts of humans themselves, and in doing so, completely transform them.
3: From the prophet Jeremiah to Israel. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this, this is the new covenant I will make with the people on that day. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts, I will be their God and they will be my people. Thank you. From the prophet Ezekiel to Israel. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. When the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by the evil way they lived. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. So I poured out my fury on them. I scattered them to the many lands to punish them for the evil way that they lived. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message. I am bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will gather you up from all the nations and I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart to me. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And when I bring you back, the people will say, this former wasteland is now like a garden of Eden. From the book of Luke in the New
0: Testament. It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman empire. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zachariah, who was living in the wilderness. John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. The prophet Isaiah had spoken of John long ago.
3: He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all will see the salvation sent from God.
0: Now everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire.
2: From the book of John, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. Later, Jesus came to the Samaritan village of Sychor. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink.
3: The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink?
2: Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, And who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water.
3: But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons enjoyed?
2: Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life.
3: Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water.
2: Later, on the day of the Jewish festival, Jesus stood and shouted, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit, which would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory.
1: Let's take just a few minutes to rest, meditate on what we've just listened to. Anticipate the work of the Spirit that Jesus and the prophets have all been foreshadowing.
0: From the Book of Acts. Dear Theophilus, in my first book, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How how can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages? but others ridiculed them, saying, "Eh, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you. Follow Jesus and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. It is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel.
3: Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike.
0: Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to, the, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved.
1: As the new church grew and the spirit filled more and more believers, God began to move on the apostles to write letters to the new churches instructing them on how to live in the Spirit as part of this new covenant that God had finally established with mankind. And it's this covenant of freedom in the Spirit that we still live in today. So let's conclude our evening by listening to a few excerpts from some of these letters to the early churches.
3: From the letter to the Romans. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You are not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. Even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will surely die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live an eternal life. For all who are led by the spirit of God are his children. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we gratefully call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children.
0: From the letter to the Ephesians. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, so rich in mercy, he loved us so much. And even though we were dead because of our sins... He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Christ himself has also brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself One new people from the two groups. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. So now we are no longer strangers and foreigners. We are citizens along with all of God's holy people. We are members of God's family. Together, we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord.
2: From the writings to the Corinthians, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious
3: image. From the book of Revelation. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride dressed beautifully for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain ever again. All these things are gone for eternity.
2: And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and i will be their god and they will be my children
3: then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb it flowed down the center of the main street and on each side of the river grew a tree of life and the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations no longer will there be a curse upon anything For the throne of God and of the lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from his water of life. Amen.
1: All stand. As we've seen over the course of this evening's readings, the work of God's Holy Spirit has been progressing from the beginning of creation right up to this very moment, Life Church. Just as the Spirit moved on the earth and created life all the way back at the beginning. So we are promised a new life and a resurrection into a glorious inheritance when God once again makes everything new. At the beginning, we were made in the image of God and sin marred our reflection of him. But now we are being remade into his glorious image. We all used to be powerless to truly bring our hard hearts to obey God's law. But now his law can be etched into our hearts themselves as his the spirit empowers us to overcome sin and truly love him back. The spirit of God that descended on Mount Sinai to create the first covenant is the same spirit that descended on the upper room on the day of Pentecost to establish our new covenant. It's the same spirit that's here right now. God used to lead his people from a distance. And as you can feel, he now invites us to come close Now the fire of God can rest upon each of us and baptize us in his Holy Spirit. In the past, there was a great distance between God and man. But now he offers to bring us so close as to adopt us as his own children. It's incredible. The glorious presence of God used to be concentrated in a tent, a tabernacle. But now each of our bodies and even the community itself right here at the Life Church are being built into the holy dwelling place of God. Church, we are the tabernacle of God here on earth. Once God used a singular group as a nation of priests of the world, and now he has created his church using people from all nations and empowered us to be his witnesses. And yes, that includes each of us right here in North Dallas. The Sabbath day that was given as a rest and a sign of the old covenant has been followed up in our new covenant by God giving us his own life-giving spirit as an opportunity to partake in continual rest and refreshment. And that spirit longs to live on us and restore us to life in eternal communion with him. And the best part is, the promise of the Holy Spirit is freely available to all who desire
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with The Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram, at tlcDallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.